Welcome to the Amplify to Seven Figures podcast, where we look inside the mind of seven-figure entrepreneurs to see how they amplify their business and amplify their life. Let's welcome today's guest. Today's guest is a co-owner and CEO of Interview Connections, the first and leading podcast booking agency. Her and her business partner, Jessica, lead an in-house team of over 25 full-time employees in their now virtual Rhode Island office. Successfully scaling their agency to multiple seven figures, the team of in-house booking agents are podcast powerhouses behind a rapidly grown catalog of hundreds of successful entrepreneurs and businesses, including Ali Brown, Paul Ross, JJ Virgin, A. Weber, and USA Financial. She's won tons of awards and accolades, including first prize in the best podcast category at the Royal Island International Film Festival for her show, We Get It, Your Dad Died. In her spare time, she is active in animal rescue, organizing a yearly fundraiser called Art for Animals, even winning a Human Heroes Award. She, in her own words, is owned by her 18-year-old cat and a 10-year-old toothless Yorkie-poo. Please give a very warm welcome to the show today's guest, Margie Feldkuhn. How are you doing, Margie? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on. I am super excited to have you on, especially someone who's in the podcast world. Now, one question I wanted to ask you, which is not, in fact, let's let's start here, right? How can someone leverage podcasts to grow their business? Because you you are the person who knows about podcasts, so let, let's let's start at the core and work our way out. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good question. So, podcasts are really great for online entrepreneurs, especially service-based entrepreneurs and people with a high ticket program or offering. Um, Because podcasts are so high trust, because you can get so targeted with the audiences, um, they lead to a lot of sales, not just from the audience for our clients, but also oftentimes the host will become a client of our client who we book on their show. So because they're hosted by entrepreneurs, we often book our clients on shows that are hosted by their ideal client. And then there's this great audience of ideal clients who trust the host. They trust that a guest that they have on is someone that they endorse and someone that they like. And so it's very, very powerful. And you know, we also run ads, we do all the things and listeners lead to hear us on a podcast need way fewer touch points to close. They come to you and they're just like, I know you, I know your life story. I love you. I want to work with you. Like, how do I sign up? So it, it's just an incredible way to generate these really warm, awesome leads. I, lo- I love it. Now with, with the podcast as well, then do you actually run run some ads directly to the podcast to bring people back to your own podcasts uh, to turn into extra revenue? That's a great question. So no, we do not run ads to our own podcast. We run ads to conversion events. So we do masterclasses and stuff like that. And we now have a recorded training that we run ads to as well that breaks down our three-part framework in a really like detailed way. Mm-hmm. So no, we've never run ads to our show i'd be fascinated to see uh how that does is in in terms of like video views retarget well like audio views retargeting or whatever um on the front end before you send people to the masterclass. yeah um, that fascinating stuff awesome now 
what would you say to someone who just getting started being being guests on podcasts and stuff like that right there's people that bear in mind our audience as well are a little bit more advanced so you know they, they know the stuff um so how, how does someone who knows the stuff get on podcasts and then really share what they do in the best possible way Yes. So the biggest thing is consistency, really getting out there. And when we say consistency, we're talking about like four shows a month. So basically at least an interview per week on someone else's podcast. And consistency is a big thing because you'll get better and better faster the more that you do it. And even if you're, you know, like you're saying, as experienced as your audience is, your messaging and your speaking evolves so much from having that consistency. So even, I mean, our clients are like incredible seven, eight figure entrepreneurs, and they consistently tell us that from when they started with us to a year, two years later, the way they are talking, their messaging evolves so much, so fast. So I would say stay consistent, get out there, tell stories. And when you really genuinely want to give value, this is the biggest thing. We are client Christian Bowen. She says, when I go on a podcast, I act like every audience member paid $10,000 to hear me speak. And that's the level of value that she is bringing every time. And she has seen a huge ROI from podcast guesting because of that mindset. So that is a huge one, that mindset to serve. Yeah, I, th- I think it is really powerful. I mean, I, f- I found the same thing with my own messaging going through that process of we started to simplify it more and more and more. Is that something that you've seen even doing interviews yourself as well is, hey, I like here's here's my structure. Here's what works over and over again. Yes. I think things get simplified a lot. I think there's a lot of clarity on what details are extraneous and like where you want to drop people into stories. And I also think the core of your messaging actually does evolve. Like we see clients, even established business owners whose ideal client and messaging starts to change and evolve as a result of being in this live conversation with their audience so consistently. Now, now t- tell me as well a little bit about you said one of your uh, one of your clients as well. When they go in, they've got this mindset of, "Hey, everyone's had ten thousand dollars to to be in this room." What what is the 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 ideal mindset apart from that? Like, what is the ideal mindset to go into a podcast interview to? Because you know, some people can jump in a little bit quick and just be like, "Hey, oh, let's go into Sally Sally mode straight after." And um, so, how's the best way to do that? Yes, so you definitely don't want to go into it in a salesy way. Podcast guesting it is not an infomercial and it's also not your show. So if you want to sell really hard on your show, like do your thing, that's your media. You own it. You can do anything you want. But as a guest on podcast, podcast etiquette, and I'm like, you know this, it's, it's not a pitch zone. It's about giving value. And if you go on super, super salesy, it is going to turn listeners off because that is not what podcasts are about. They are truly about free value. And when you go into it that way and you want to give free value, you want to support people, you want to support the host and help promote the show. That's when you see results. So being really salesy is a, is a big mistake that we see people make who are maybe come out of the webinar world and then go into podcast guesting and don't realize that those are two totally different types of conversations. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It's not like a 10 minutes of value and then a 45 minute pitch. No, no. <laughs> um, so interestingly, you know, I, I look through your LinkedIn profile, and, and when you see 
when you see your journey within the company as well you know you started off as a as a guest booker and then went to ceo and then ceo how's your how's your mindset had to shift through those through through those different roles to become the person that you are now yeah, it's it's been a crazy journey. So it was 2016 when I started as a contractor, as a booking agent. At that time, the business had a contractor model. We now have all full-time employees. Mm-hmm. And I became the first employee in 2017 and then co-owner in 2018. And I'm now the CEO. So that was a really interesting journey. Part of it was I I really... There are just some people who are like meant to be entrepreneurs who are sort of unemployable. Not that I was a bad employee, but they just want the freedom. They want to own their own business. And I definitely wanted that. That was definitely a dream of mine. Mm. I think also going into it really all in, like I was all in on the company. I didn't see it. My business partner's name is Jess. And I didn't see it as like, this is Jess's business. When I came in as an employee, I was like, all in. And that was a big part of being able to negotiate equity and having it be reasonable because I was in the trenches solving problems, really focused on the company's growth and and taking that type of initiative. So that was kind of how that came to be. I would also say to achieve that type of really rapid success and growth in your career, it takes a lot of personal development. And I really credit that like to to being such a student of personal development and not just like reading personal development books and doing seminars, which I love, but I like therapy. Therapy is really important and I don't think it's talked about enough. If you have unprocessed trauma, like I grew up in a home with a lot of mental illness. My dad died by suicide in 2015. So I knew that I needed a professional to help deal with this trauma because if you don't deal with that and you're getting actively triggered with your team in your business, it's very hard to be successful. So it's really an inside job. And because I did so much work on myself as a person and as a leader, and I cleared all that trauma with a professional, that is what allowed me to just skyrocket so fast and to be so effective. It's interesting because you you actually took took that part and, and turned that into a podcast as well, right? That that some of the darkest times of your life and so like where where did that come from like in terms of the decision to do that because that must have been uh, had you already gone through some of the grieving process at that point where you kind of like do you know what I want to use this to empower me because I've gone through this therapy and stuff or was it kind of like that's part of the process yeah that's a great question so for me and this is was really a result of my podcast guesting. And this is something that for people who are already at that seven and eight figure mark who are, yes, they want to grow their business, but they're also, they have that nagging, like, what's my purpose? I want to start creating this legacy work. That's one of the things that podcast guesting is so incredible for because yes, you get warm leads and you get clients from your podcast guesting. But as you're out there having these conversations, your messaging starts to shift. And it was from guesting consistently every single week on shows, I found that my story about losing my dad and how that was such a pivotal part of me as an entrepreneur 
kept coming up and I kept getting incredible feedback from people saying, oh my gosh, I heard you talking about this. It meant so much to me. People started reaching out and sharing their loss story with me and other successful seven and eight figure entrepreneurs who I was in masterminds with started approaching me too and being like, oh my gosh, you know, it's crazy that you would say this because, you know, my mom died when I was 17 and it, I, I truly attribute where I am in business now to that or like, oh yeah, you know, I lost my sibling and that was pivotal to who I am now as a person, as a business owner. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like a thing. Like there's a lot of these people. And so because I was doing these podcast guesting appearances and in these conversations, it really evolved naturally to start my own show, We Get It, Your Dad Died, which is interviewing successful seven and eight figure entrepreneurs about a profound loss and really with kind of an inspirational edge because it's not it's pretty it can it gets pretty dark in the middle of the episode because we're just talking about what happened and and those days after what happened and it's intense stuff but all of these people found a way to create meaning or to create impact from this event to become a better person to help others and that i have seen that correlate so closely with these high achievers who thrive even after profound loss so my goal with the show is to share these stories that i think are not shared enough mm. and to also create a space for healing for my guests and and for my listeners I, I love that. I love the, the fact that you've taken that situation and turned it into a positive and, and not just a positive for yourself, but also the people around you. And what's interesting as well, you know, obviously we, we interview seven and eight figure entrepreneurs and uh, and we find like that takes a level of research to actually go and find those people first as, as well and keep filling their slots. So like, how do you even go about fi finding those people? Is it just because you've been on their podcast and then they've told you that story or is it people naturally reaching out to you? That's a great question. So, and I'm only on season two, so maybe I'll have to get more creative <laughs> when I get to season six. But um, a lot of people, so who are in mastermind groups with us, because we're in mastermind groups for seven and eight figure entrepreneurs. And then also, you know, we have over 200 clients, a lot of whom are really high achieving seven figure entrepreneurs. And I was actually, this actually surprised me how many of our clients reached out to me after season one aired and was like, please let me be on your show. And I thought that I thought it was going to be hard to get people on the show because I'm like, who's going to want to talk about like the worst thing that ever happened to them in front of an audience. But it's been incredible because people want to so badly. And after they're a guest, they're so grateful for the opportunity to talk about this and say that it was so healing. Cause a lot of them, this is something that they never talk about, you know, in their speaking and in their podcast interviews. So I've actually found that it's easier than I would have thought to find people who really want to talk about it. Also though, I do it in season. So I don't have the pressure of having a guest every single week, which I did on purpose because I just know myself and I was like, I'm not going to want to keep up with that. So how many uh, how many episodes is there in the first season? There are seven episodes in the first season. The first one is a short solo episode that is just my story. And then the rest are interviews with entrepreneurs. And then season two will be dropping late fall 2021 with another, I think, five episodes that are all going to be interviews. Wow. Yeah. And... I imagine they're they're really in depth as well, like not not kind of like quick. Okay, ten minutes. Tell us about your story. Yeah, 
Yeah, they go very deep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. Now, um, what one of the things one of the things in any business, and and you know we've seen this in every business that we go into, and also I think any business that's seven figures plus is the numbers, knowing the numbers inside out. So what what does that mean to you? How how has that helped you know interview connection grow? Yeah, I am obsessed with I'm obsessed with entrepreneurs knowing their numbers. And I loved when I like checked out your website before being a guest. I love how numbers and metrics and results focus your company is and how you help people. You're just like giving the exact numbers like from here to here. And I'm like, okay, he's he's my people. I love numbers. It's so important. The numbers are telling the story of what's going on in your business, your financial numbers, and then also like your team numbers. Like for us, we have booking agents. So the number of average number of bookings they're generating per week is telling a story. The number of referrals our team is generating is telling a story. And so many business owners don't know their numbers or don't look at their numbers consistently. And some of them are like high level people with seven figure businesses who truly have no idea what's going on, which is really dangerous because, and I don't want to be negative, but it's that, you know, the, the bigger you get, the harder you fall is true. And if you're growing revenue without looking at your back end profitability, without looking at those indicators to see what's going on, it can be really dangerous. So I'm a big advocate for people knowing your numbers. You do not have to be good at math. These are basic numbers. I am not good at math. I was not like an amazing math student. I was like, okay. But like I was more into communications and English and stuff like that. But this is basic addition, subtraction. You can use a Google sheet and a calculator for anything beyond that. You don't, I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't feel qualified to run their business finances or they're afraid to look and then they avoid. And that's where it gets really dangerous or they abdicate their power. So they'll hire someone to deal with the finances, but you need to know your numbers too and understand them, even if you're outsourcing it. And I'm a big fan of outsourcing, but don't give your power away. So look at your numbers, look at those key performance indicator numbers from your team, Look at so basic. Look at what's coming in and what's going out. Look at your cash flow, track it so that you can see how it's changing. And even just basic stuff like that really can transform people's businesses. Yeah, it's like you can probably tell I'm super passionate about that stuff. Like you say, finger going through our stuff. Uh, we actually went through a situation where we nearly went bankrupt because I didn't know my numbers. So I I'd basically worked out the return rate wrong when we were running an econ business, and I was basing it on the, that month sales, not this the month when the sale happened. So our return rate was like forty thirty forty percent instead of twelve percent that I thought it was. So then I basically built this monster. <laughs> <laughs> when it got to the other side right so we're doing 16 grand a month but getting 25 grand come back and i'm working on month to month cash flow uh so it's when you say about the kpis that you're looking at in your business what so one of them was like the the amount of guest bookings you know the amount of referrals what what are the kpis are like real key for you so do you have like a a daily huddle where you where you go right here's our critical numbers and things like that or how does that work 
Yes. So, and I, first of all, I just want to really acknowledge you for sharing so honestly, like a mistake with the numbers. We have all made mistakes. Like even being good with numbers, we got to a point where the business did more revenue than it ever had. And my business partner and I had to take a pay cut. And I was like, okay, something's very wrong here. So we have all made mistakes. If you've made a lot of mistakes, that is okay. Like learn from them and move on. Even people who are like geniuses with numbers, I know make mistakes. So first of all, I acknowledge you because it's so important for people to share openly about mistakes they've made. It helps get rid of that shame, which helps people actually be willing to look at the numbers. So Yes, we do have KPIs. So the way our business is structured, we have over 20 full-time employees. And so the agents, everybody has different KPIs, right? Like the sales department, the agents, because they have different deliverables. The way our business is structured is each pot of agents has a lead agent who is working with them on their KPIs. So for them, 16 bookings per week, two referrals per week, and then generating at least one sale per month. And the referral and sale KPIs are really important. We did not always have them for the agents because the agents are not salespeople. They're serving the clients. But we realized as we grew that we needed employees to be profitable in order to grow in a sustainable way. So the leader is the one checking in on those, getting reports every day, doing a huddle with them, making sure people are on track with those KPIs. And then I'm tracking stuff in the business in terms of looking at both the accrual and the cash revenue that's coming in or that's promised for each month, looking at the expenses, how they're changing, looking at the number of um, clients who you know either their card is declining or they're going MIA over the number of total clients we have. So all of those different things. I also, the number I really like right now is um, the number, the amount of revenue generated by the agents divided by the number of agents. So I can see that per unit number of on average, how much revenue each agent is generating. And I'm looking at that and the leaders are working with them to get that number to go up. So lots of numbers everywhere, but I started really basic keeping a spreadsheet. Like before we even had KPIs for our team, which is embarrassing to admit, but we got to seven figures with no metrics or KPIs for our team. I know we're lucky Um, doing it all over again. I would have started out with metrics, but I, I really started out with a spreadsheet and it goes back till 2017. And it's literally just like each month of that year, money in, money out, profit, you know, and, and I, so I, and I still keep this spreadsheet. It's got a lot more sections now, but I I'm obsessed with it because I can look at 2021, 2020, 2019, 2018, 2017. And I can see each month. I can, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like we did 10 times what we did this month, two years ago, you know? So that it's fun to be able to see how far you've come. And it's important to keep an eye on what's going on because I can see if there's a spike in operating or in payroll or something like that and address it right away. Yeah, there's a, it's a, a couple of notes there. First first one is that one of the things that we're looking at a lot more and more in businesses is RPL, uh, revenue per yeah. lead. You know, So like how much is every single lead that gets assigned to that person if they go and reach out to 10 people? Uh, how much is that worth in total? So I think you're kind of measure, measuring the same metric, but like looking at it from an overall basis. What's mm-hmm. really interesting is then you can look at terms of quality of leads and 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 stuff like that um and then the 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 other thing in terms of the spreadsheet 
that's interesting that you still feel that in. And is it is some of that just because you want to keep your pulse on things? Because like what what you measure gets managed. Yeah, uh, that kind of process. Yes, I keep this spreadsheet partially because I love it. <laughs> because it's been my baby since 2017. Like everyone knows they're not allowed to touch it. <laughs> but um, I like I like to be able to see how far we've come, like with the numbers. And also I update it every single month for the month prior, because yes, it's really important to not just... And I'm also looking at our balance sheet and our PNL and everything like that. But for, for me, that spreadsheet, the way it's laid out is the easiest way for me to process the information yeah i totally hear what you're saying on that now now we're just gonna do a bit of a a change change of tact and i think you listen to one of the episodes as well so you may have heard this question before is what do you want to be remembered for when you die oh that's such a good question um my favorite quote is the mother Teresa quote about find someone who believes that he's alone and convince him that he's not Mm. so i think that's what i would like to be remembered for like having an impact by sharing my story and the people hearing it feeling less alone. Um, which is exactly where podcasts come in, right? As well, like you say, it's, yeah. it's that legacy building platform as well, where you, uh, like, we are in such a lucky time in some ways as, as well, aren't we? Because, um, just, I just want to check, can you edit that piece out? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so we we are kind of living in that time right now where where we can leave that legacy for for the next generation a lot more I suppose than if we look like 50 60 years ago like your grandparents weren't recording podcasts of everything that happened in their life and half the time we don't even know anything that went on with that stuff. Is that one of the reasons as well why you do podcasts? Yeah, definitely. And it's incredible and they're evergreen, right? Like so even when the show goes away at this point anyway, it's still up on most podcast players. So the, you know, the interview that you did four years ago is still up there for better or for worse, because, you know, we all get a lot better. So it can be a little cringy to hear those early episodes, but yeah, we're so lucky that what you're saying is exactly true. I think about that all the time, really with all social media, like I don't have very many, like photos and videos of me as a little kid like there's some right there's like camcorder footage and some like actual photos but like kids today their parents are posting so many photos of them on instagram they have they could literally they have like like a photo a day probably for their entire lives when they grow up which is crazy like we didn't have that at all so yeah i think it's an incredible time it used to be that if you wanted media you had to like jump through all these hoops and like be able to get on tv or be able to get a radio show and and it was it wasn't easy to do that that stuff's not evergreen you probably wouldn't be able to find most of that footage or most of that audio anymore so it's absolutely crazy i think there's just never been a better time to serve and have an impact and create a legacy. And there's nothing stopping you. You can, you can do it from your house just with your devices. Love it. Absolutely love it. Now, what is one quick win that people can use to amplify their business today? That's such a good question. Um, one quick win to amplify their business today. I mean, besides looking at their numbers, <laughs> if yeah. they've already, I mean, that would be my thing is like, if, if you haven't 
dove as deep in your numbers as you probably should be, like really diving into that and looking at what exactly is going on in your business. And are there any metrics in your company that you're not tracking that you could be like some type of per unit measurement or something like that, that could give you a lot of information about how you're moving towards your goals that you aren't yet looking at closely enough. Yeah, I, I think after this call, we're just going to be geeking out on numbers anyway. <laughs> it's like, oh, do you track this? Oh, do you track this? Um, I, I, I love that. So um, what seven-figure entrepreneur would you nominate to be on the show next? So that is such a great question. I did listen to previous episodes, so I'm ready with an answer. Uh, I would nominate Melissa Houston. She is incredible. I just interviewed her on our show, Monetize the Mic. She is a client of Interview Connections. And she's she is a writer. She's a columnist for Forbes. And she is a numbers expert. She is like a fractional CFO for companies. And she is so great with numbers, with business growth. And she really breaks it down in a way that no matter where you're at or how you feel about math, doesn't make you feel stupid. She acknowledges mistakes that she's made with numbers in the past. She's just such a valuable person. I I loved her interview on, on our show. I would highly recommend her. Oh, fantastic. Um, looking forward to uh, speaking to her. And Margie, it's been a fantastic interview. Now, where can people find out more about you and what you do. Yes. Thank you so much, Paul. So my podcast is called We Get It, Your Dad Died. So if you were listening to us talk about that and that sounds like something that you'd like, you can check that out. If you're somebody who is not getting out there on podcasts as consistently as a guest, as you know that you should be, um, we have an amazing free training. It's totally free, but it's by application only. So we will let you know when you apply if we think it's a good use of your time because it is 90 minutes. Um, and that is at monetizethemictraining.com. Love it. Fantastic. Now, uh, Margie, firstly, been amazing having you on the show. Appreciate you very much. Thank you so much, Paul. And secondly, you have been listening to the Amplify to Seven Figures podcast with me, Paul Lace, and my amazing guest, Margie Feldkuhn. Remember, amplify your business and amplify your life. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Amplify to Seven Figures podcast. To access the show notes, episodes, and this month's giveaway, head over to www amplify to seven figures.com remember amplify your business amplify, amplify your, your life, life.